Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Preparation. It's all about the preparation. Now, if you've listened to any of our more than 200 previous podcasts, you've heard that theme over and over again. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell. And whether we're talking about buying a home or starting a business, uh, investing plans, estate planning, we always stress the importance of planning and being prepared to control outcomes as much as possible. Now, in the past, we've specifically discussed planning for your assets and those you love when you pass away as being a critical step. Today, we're going to go a little bit further into that. Uh, We're going to talk about planning what happens to you when you pass away. Interesting topic and one that we're fortunate to discuss with Lavelle Law Attorney Heather Walzer. Heather always brings great clarity to issues like this, so let's say hello, start our discussion, and first of all, welcome back, Heather. Nice to talk to you again. Well, likewise, Jim. It's always a pleasure to be here, so thanks for having me. Sure. Now, when we have talked about estate planning, which we've done with you in the past, we've mentioned how you know, some people put it off. They don't want to get started because they don't like to think about their own mortality. They get uncomfortable talking about what happens to all their things when they die. So I have to imagine that you, you encounter an even greater level of resi- resistance when you tell people that they need to have a plan for dealing with their physical remains when they die. Yeah, absolutely right. It's a pretty, um, it's it, you know, it's a pretty jarring and unpleasant subject to think about. Certainly, uh, although you know, some of my clients, particularly as they age, they start to recognize the importance of it. And um, it, it, for the most part, when they're working with an experienced uh, and a good funeral director, they make the process as painless as it can be, mm-hmm. but you're correct. This is something that's very easy to put off just for the sheer fact that it's not a very pleasant subject to think about. And yet I, I would bet that if most people were asked, they would have a preference as to how their remains should be handled, what they would prefer. So, you know, is there a, a process then that each of us should be following to state those wishes and, and to make them known? Yeah, absolutely, and you you really raise a good point in the sense that I've seen, even with clients of mine, a husband and wife, who assume that they are on the same page, but they haven't really talked about it, when they go through the process with me, we bring it up and say, have you thought about this? Have you made any plans for this? And I've had several cases where one or the other spouse is shocked when you know the other spouse says, oh, I want to be cremated or I want to be buried, and the other one says, really? That's terrible. I would never want to do that or vice versa. <laughs> so it can be sort of an eye-opening um, experience and certainly something that needs to be discussed in advance. Um, and, you know, frankly, I, I have had a handful of people who've said to me, what do I care? I'm going to be dead. It doesn't matter to me. And some people do have that opinion as well, kind of at the other mm-hmm. end of the spectrum. Um, well, but what's what's important to remember is that, sure, you'll be gone, but your family and your loved ones are the ones who are going to have to deal with this. So that's why it's important to handle it up front or at least think it through. Yeah, because certainly you want to ease the burden for the surviving family members. That's a difficult time for them. So um, to have some of that planned and something they don't have to worry about, I think, would be a, a significant relief for them. 
Absolutely. Absolutely right. right. So you asked kind of about how to start thinking through these issues and, and what the process is. And step one, like I said, is really just to talk about it and figure it out and make some decisions. And nothing has to be set in stone, set in stone so to speak. Um, but the, the, so step one, really just think about it, talk about it, come up with a plan. Um, then sort of the next part of it is figuring out how to implement the plan. Um, uh, if you have strong wishes about the way you want things to be handled, or similarly, if you just kind of want to take it off the plate of your loved ones, the best way to handle it is to pre-plan and to work everything out in advance. Um, again, not always the most pleasant task to go through, but um, working with a funeral director, you can usually work through these issues and make decisions. And even, you can even pay for a portion of it. You can pay for all of it. There are all kinds of different options and ways to do it. So if you are very adamant that your particular wishes be followed, the best and most foolproof way to do it is to plan for them and um, arrange everything up front. Some people don't like that idea, and you know, and, and certainly there's it makes sense if you have a young a young person, young family, they don't know where they're going to be living. They, you know, they're not at the phase of life where it makes sense to plan those issues and prepay for them. There is another alternative. Um, so. We've talked in previous podcasts about the power of attorney for health care. Sure. Under Illinois law, yeah, the power of attorney for health care, it names an agent to make health care decisions for you when you are incapacitated. Um, and, you know, I, I, you and I have talked about this several times, in fact. What's interesting about the power of attorney is it also covers what's called the disposition of your remains. So under Illinois law, um, the person who would make the decisions about, you know, burial, cremation, funeral, any of those types of last disposition of remains issues um, under statute would first be the agent you name in your health care power of attorney. So if you don't want to take the steps of pre-planning and possibly pre-paying for all of the funeral expenses, your next option is to have a valid power of attorney for health care and have a discussion with your agent about what you want um, and just walk it through with them. I've even had some cases where um, specifically enumerated in the power of attorney, um, the, my client has listed out their wishes. Maybe there are particularly, particular religious guidelines they want to follow or um, you know, they do not under any circumstances want to be cremated or et cetera, those types of issues. So that's kind of a second path is to um, forego the option of prepaying and preplanning and rely on your health care power of attorney agent to cover those issues. And, and as you say, there's two steps there. There's, there's having the document, the, the uh, power of health care or power of attorney, uh, and then talking to that person, making sure that that agent does understand what, what you want done and, and having them prepared to carry that out for you. So that, that's all good. Now, what happens if you should die before you get around to this and, and you haven't made plans, you don't have the documents in place, you know, what, what is left behind then that has to be taken care of? Right. Well, in that case, uh, kind of our third path, if you don't plan ahead and you don't have the, um, the power of attorney for health care, the third path is provided by Illinois law. So um, Illinois law has a statute called the Illinois Disposition of Remains Act. Believe it or not, there's actually a statute 
governing specifically this issue. And um, the purpose of that statute is to essentially um, or one of the purposes, I guess I should say, there are a number of different provisions that are a part of it, but it lays out a kind of statutory scheme or listing of the people who would be authorized to make those decisions in the case of um, a person who had passed away without uh, either pre-planning or a power of attorney for health care in place. So it's a scheme of priority, basically, is what we call it. Um, so you know, just kind of as an example, the, the number one priority would be the executor of the will or the legal representative of the estate. So if there is a, um, if there is an, a, an estate plan in place and it names an executor, that person would handle the issue. Um, next in line is the surviving spouse. So that's something really interesting to note, that if you have a will that names an executor and that executor is not your surviving spouse and you have not laid out your funeral plans or executed a valid power of attorney for health care, there's a potential that your executor would be the one making those decisions above your spouse. Most people don't really want that result. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not really the best thing. Um, so then after the spouse, uh, surviving children or a majority of the adult children would be making the decision. Next would come parents of the person who had passed away, if there were parents available. Um, next, kind of the fifth in line in priority are just generalized next of kin. You kind of, you'll hear that on, uh, you know, notifying next of kin. You hear that on, you know, news stories and whatnot. And then finally, if, if they've exhausted all of those other possibilities, um, the state may have to step in um, if, if there is absolutely no one else available to take on the, um, the decision-making and the process of dealing with the disposition of remains. So, again, you know, to recap, you can pre-plan, you can have a valid power of attorney for health care, or in the absence of those things, um, I say this sometimes about estate planning, kind of like those old episodes of Law and Order when someone would get arrested and the police would say to the, to the suspect, if you don't have an attorney, the state will provide one. Similar in this case, if you haven't taken care of those things, the state provides a statute that takes care of it. Not necessarily the best outcome, though, so that's certainly uh, yeah. other options there to follow. We're, we're enjoying a conversation with Lavelle Law Attorney Heather Walzer today and looking at the importance of planning for your, your funeral, uh, cremation, burial, whatever your wishes might be, and, and having the right set of documents in place to ensure that things go as you would wish after you pass away. And Heather, you made a point earlier. You mentioned the fact that um, you know frequently in, in your work you see that it's perhaps people who are getting on in years a little bit that are more attentive to this. They, they understand the importance and want to take some action. But you also talked about prepaying. But I suppose that as people are getting older and, and you know, looking at this a little more closely, they might also be at a point where they're on a fixed income or you know, relying on some of the state assistance to make sure that they have enough to get through their, their elderly years. Um, so does that become a conflict? Do they say, look, I'd like to plan it and prepay it, but I'm not sure how much money I'm going to have or have right now, so I, I might want to avoid that. Right. Um, it's, it's a very good point that you raise. Uh, so for purposes of Medicaid and several other what we call means-tested government benefits, um, there are exceptions 
by which you can prepay for these types of expenses. So, you know, just to give a quick kind of 10,000 foot on Medicaid, basically before anyone can become eligible for Medicaid for the long-term care costs that you're, you're talking about here, you know, nursing care, elder care, that type of thing, basically um, assets have to be spent down to a limit of $2,000. So essentially everything else has to be spent. That's the general rule. Now, with that general rule come a number of exceptions, and I won't go into all of them. One of the exceptions covers prepaid funeral and burial. So there are exceptions. Um, now, the caution that I give you on that is it is not a wholesale exception for any type of prepaid funeral or burial. For example, if you go out and you say, I'm trying to get eligible for Medicaid, so I'm going to buy myself a $30,000 funeral plot, um, <laughs> that, that, would not, um, that would not fall within the exemption. So um, like everything else, the, the regulations on that are, are pretty complex, but they boil down to a set of relatively, I won't say clear, but relatively straightforward rules. Um, first and foremost, um, you, can, uh, you can buy, and generally the best way to do, this is the best way to do it, working with, an, with a, a funeral home, you can prepay a plan using, it, it's basically a life insurance policy that is used to fund the cost after your death. So you lock in the cost, and then you purchase a life insurance policy that will, upon your death, cover the costs that you have agreed to with the funeral home. Now, the important step in that is that the life insurance policy has to be irrevocably assigned to the funeral home. Once you have gone through those steps, as long as it is irrevocably assigned and you can't get out of it, you can't get it back, that amount will be exempt for Medicaid purposes. So there's no limit on that. Um, that is really the best way to do this. Um, on the other hand, if you were to go out and just kind of on your own prepay for these things, um, then there is a, there's a limit. Um, the limit to the amount you can spend varies. But, for example, if you decided, I'm just going to set aside some money in a checking account for my funeral expenses, there is a limit on that of $1,500, which doesn't go very far, unfortunately. Right. Um, alternatively, if you were to do um, a different type of irrevocable, irrevocable burial contract, it's not the kind that's funded by life insurance. It's a, it's a separate contractual agreement. That limit is 52, about 5,200, 5,219 specifically dollars. Um, that's the limit for that um, that type of arrangement. So. In terms of planning for this, if, if Medicaid or other state assistance may be on the horizon, the best way to do it is to investigate um, this, the prepaid burial contract that's funded by a life insurance policy that is then irrevocably assigned to the funeral home. So for whatever reason, um, that's, that's kind of the way the statute has decided that it's kind of pushing people toward that life insurance with the irrevocable assignment to the funeral home. So by doing it in that manner, you are able to, um, first of all, make that asset exempt for Medicaid purposes, and then you are also able to have more funds available for certainly more funeral than, you know, $5,200 or $1,500 would ever buy. Well, as always, a lot of information. I think the one thing we walk away from here is, as we've always talked about, planning, documentation, and even if you're working with a competent funeral home director who will be experienced in this area, 
always good to have some uh, additional legal assistance and review. And uh, when you are working on your comprehensive estate plan, let's factor this in. Uh, another important topic to be considered there. Thanks very much to Heather Walzer for being a guest today, and thanks to you for listening as well. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.